0: He's my dad, James Gutman. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on iPod on Dad. It is a Friday. It is the, the end, the tail end of a winter break where I know a lot of people are listening to this with kids uh, on top of them, behind them, all around them. Uh, I too have my kids running around. My daughter is out, Lucas is running through the house. Right now, playing iPad, and I'm hearing various ABC nursery rhymes in the background, but I am glad to be hearing it. I am glad to have him here, and I'm glad to be talking to you guys here. Uh, Wherever you found me, maybe you found me on on HiPodOnDad.com, maybe you found me on any of your streaming services, thank you, subscribe, rate, review, recommend, uh, all the good stuff that you could possibly do with a podcast, you know, within reason, don't be weird about it. Uh, Thank you for doing that. And for helping me get the word out to as many people as possible about what we do here. Uh, Very excited. Very glad to be back for another edition. It has been snowing out here in New York, which is never really that much fun. It is um, cold. It is uh, kind of the thing that makes you feel stuck in the house. I said this during quarantine or lockdown, I think was more of an appropriate term to use for it, was that back when we could go everywhere... And we didn't go everywhere. That was fine. You just didn't feel like it. I don't feel like going out. But when someone tells you you can't go anywhere, that's when you're like, what the hell? I want to do everything. And now I kind of feel like as soon as it started snowing, I was like, oh, man, I got to go places. You know, but you really can't. On top of it, too, like once the kids are here, life changes a little bit. You know, Um, can't really take the kids out. Lucas isn't really a big mask wearer. You know, he'll wear it for a little bit. You can kind of fake it maybe for for a few minutes here and there but for the most part lucas isn't big on keeping a mask on his face i found the main trick with him as you guys know for those of you guys who are just tuning in for the first time my son is non he has autism he has you know some people call it severe autism whatever you want to call it but he's not really big on wearing a face mask so when he goes to school they don't make him do it they don't make him wear face masks i feel bad for the people that have to take care of him because he doesn't wear face masks but it also makes it hard for, for me, for us, to go out. You can't go to the supermarket with him. You can't really go to Target like we used to because it's almost impossible. What I did discover, though, is if he has to go to the doctor or back when we used to go to restaurants, back when restaurants were kind of a little safer to go to, you would have to wear the mask from the front door to the table. So... You give him a toy in one hand, uh, an iPad, an electronic toy in, in his right hand. You hold his left hand, you put the mask on, and then he's got no hand available to pull it off. So he's kind of stuck for a little bit. And then you get to the table, he rips it off his face, and you're happy. But for the most part, can't really do too much. Can't go out that much. But again, I'm not complaining. And uh, that's a big part of what I wanted to talk about here today on the podcast, because it's something that, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm happy to be able to have these podcasts, and I'm happy to have the blog. And the reason why is there's certain things that I can't write about because it's hard to find the correct tone. And I try to write about this initially when everything first happened. For those of you guys who don't know, um, I've talked about it before. I'm in the tail end uh, of a divorce. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm pretty much done at this point. Almost all finished. All that's left is the, uh, the signing and the celebrating, as they say. So I'm preparing myself for that and getting ready for it. And I've tried to write about it. I've tried to talk about it. And the blog, but it's often difficult because you never know kind of how to phrase things, how to say things in a way where the tone isn't in the wrong way where it should be. And I remember, for example, the very first week that the kids were in here, I sat down and I was going to write a blog. It was in my head. It made sense. I'm like, this is a great blog. I'll do this. And it was about my internal clock and about how my internal clock is stuck on kid time. When I'm alone here in this house, I get up at 7 o'clock in the morning I don't need to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning. I don't work outside my house. I'm, I'm I'm a writer. I write. I write for websites. I write for The Richest. I write for Baby Gaga. I write, you know, for my blog, things like that. And oftentimes, there isn't even work to be done until around 11 o'clock in the morning, maybe noon. I'll be working. I can find myself working at 1 o'clock in the morning. I find myself working at midnight. Uh, I can find myself working in the middle of the afternoon. But really, early in the morning, there's really nothing to do. It's kind of you just chill out. Yet still, even when the kids aren't here, I'm up at seven o'clock in the morning because I used to get up with Lucas every day, every day. And now I still do, but it's only half the week. But it was every single day I got up with Lucas at you know five, six in the morning, or even at night, sometimes in the middle of the night, he would get up at three o'clock in the morning, banging things and throwing things out of his room. And my brain was just so used to that that I found as soon as I didn't have these kids here, I still was not only getting up at seven o'clock in the morning, but I was getting up sometimes at three o'clock in the morning, just waking up. In the middle of the night. And I'm still doing that. When, when they're not here, my body, my internal clock is still set on kid time. Where I'm still used to, to getting them at those specific times. And I wanted to write about that. And in my head, it sounded great. I was going to write it. And I started writing it out. And I'm typing it out. And I was like, you know, my body is used to it. But on those days where my children aren't here, the house is a little quieter. And even without them, you know, there for me to get. And as I'm typing it, I thought this sounds really sad, you know? And I wasn't, I didn't mean it to to sound sad because I wasn't saying it in a sad way. I was saying it as an explanation, you know? I'm not, um, I wasn't writing it with the purpose of kind of lamenting, like, my kids aren't here every day. Don't get me wrong. I wish my kids were here every day. You know, initially that was, that was my hope, but you gotta do what's right, you gotta do what's fair, you gotta balance things out, and I didn't want to do that. So, Although they're my life and they really are my life. Like I, you know, I made the the sacrifice, you know, half the week, half the week on, half the week off. So I'm writing this thing out and I'm like, this sounds depressing, this whole thing. My kids aren't always here and the house loses whatever. And then I thought, okay, you know, I'll write, you know. I'm not sad about, that. I was gonna write, you know, I'm not sad. I'm trying to find ways to, to phrase it, you know, not to say this in a sad way. And then I stopped again and I looked at it and it read weird and then I thought to myself, Yeah, but I am kind of sad, you know? And that was the first time I really realized it because I hadn't thought about that part of it. Like, yeah, you know what? I am a little sad that I don't have them here. But what I was trying to explain wasn't about that. And it isn't an overwhelming sadness. It's not like when they're not here, I don't, you know, sit in the corner and beat myself with a belt and things like that. But, you know, when they leave, it sucks. When they're not here, it sucks. You know, we don't see them. Or sometimes even when Lucas is in school, his teachers will send out pictures from the class on the app that they use, and I see him, and I'm like, oh, there he is, there's my guy. When I do pick him up, when I do get my kids again, uh, during the week, on the days that I get him back, I usually pick them up from school, and I get so excited, I go running to him and grab him, I see Olivia, and I get all excited, and we, we you know, but Olivia is a little different because she's, you know, FaceTiming me and texting me during the week, even when she's not here, but It's difficult. And it's hard. And that's one of those things that I couldn't really write about because it was hard to say it in a way that didn't come off like miserable. Like how sad for this guy that he doesn't have his kids there. And I said, well, that's not why I'm writing it. But I will tell you the weirdest thing about going through, you know, the separation, this divorce, getting a new place of my own is how different this house becomes. <laughs> you hear him in the background when the kids are here, when they're not, you know, I, I tell people it's almost like the house loses its soul when they leave. When my kids are here, this house is alive. It is teeming with energy and excitement. And there's like noise and, you know, nursery rhymes and Sesame Street. And Olivia's got TikTok going and she's slamming doors and banging. I hear her laughing. The other day I was walking in the hallway and I heard her outside. She was talking to her friend on the phone. They were watching a TV show. And I heard her say, what the F? She didn't say F though. And I had to go in a full daddy mode. I'm like, Olivia, what are you doing? She's like, what, what? I'm just talking to my friends. I'm like, you can't yell the F curse down the hallway. I'm like, you're 12. Stop. All right, all right. mean, like, no, seriously, don't do, you know. I had to play the daddy role, but I'm going to be honest with you. And don't tell her I said this. Like, It was nice to hear, like, you know, a 12-year-old cursing when they shouldn't be in my hallway because it's immediate, you know, and if you've never... If you've never been divorced, never been separated from your children, if you've never not had them there for a period of time, which I was one of those people. Prior to this happening, with the exception of my heart surgery and uh, Hurricane Sandy, briefly when I stayed in the house and they weren't there. And one day in 2010, when I went to a wrestling convention, um, actually two days, to a wrestling convention in Atlanta, I had not missed a night with Lucas at all since he was born. I would hardly missed any nights. So if you're one of those people like I was who don't know what it's like to not have your kids there overnight, the second they're gone, everything changes. My house suddenly becomes like two rooms. You know, I go to my bedroom where, you know, my computer's in here. I do some of the work in here. I go down to my basement, which is where the TV is and the couch and all that stuff and hang out there, you know, and in between you go to the, the kitchen or whatnot, or I start cleaning up. But for the most part, the house gets smaller. There's less to be done. There's less of a stringent schedule to follow. There's nothing to do at all. That's the weirdest part. I was always used to, you know, planning my day around when they came home. Because even when they're not there, we all have those moments when your kids aren't there, your kids in school, or your kids at a friend's house. And in your head, you say to yourself, like, okay, seven o'clock, I gotta get with them ready for bed, or three o'clock, I got to pick them up, or, you know, tomorrow morning, 6am, I got to be up to get them out. But in the days when they're not here, I have nothing on my schedule that I don't make. There is no seven o'clock, get ready for anything. There's no six in the morning. My body though is so used to still following those specific set tasks that it kind of throws me off a little bit, but I did realize, and that's the big thing that my kids themselves are the ones who drive this house. My kids are the ones that when they're here, they breathe life into it and to not have them here is such a different feeling than when they are. Um, and as, as crazy as it sounds, it makes, you, it makes you love them more. It makes you realize what they bring to your life, what they bring to the picture, what they bring to the table. Um, and the reason why it's not sad, and here was the problem, was trying to write it out. I knew that there was eventually a happy end to it all that I wanted to get to, but it was hard to get to that point because I had to get through the whole, like, I'm not sad. I'm not saying it because I'm sad. I'm not sad, but I am sad. You know, it was like a whole explanation. But now that I'm talking and I'm saying it as opposed to writing it, I could just get, you know, skip right to that point, which is the time that I have with them now is much more uh, beneficial for everybody. We do more. I plan more. I want to do more with them. I'm able to focus more on uh, life lessons I wanted them to do. I'm going to be frank with you guys, Ben. Towards the tail end of everything, especially, you know, in the last few years, but especially the tail end, there was a lot of downtime, even when we were all under the same roof all the time. There was a lot of like, you know, my now XY, she'll handle it, she'll handle this, or I'll handle that, or kind of like the separation thing. We weren't big fighters and fight in front of the kids or any of that stuff, It was just kind of like a lot of, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, kids do their thing. And I found myself kind of just going along with the flow, telling myself in the back of my head, well, one day, you know, I'll have a place, it'll be different, we'll do this. And now I have my own place. Things are different and I am doing this. And some of those things I'm doing, man, I'm, I'm getting my daughter to do chores, but I'm having her do chores to earn money for things that she wants. I think she had gotten used to kind of getting what she wanted all the time. That was a a problem, a conflict that I had faced and I'd always wanted her to to do chores or so doing that. Lucas is I'm working on becoming more self-sufficient than ever before. Very excited about that. Even the clothes he wears, man. You know, his teachers told me, like, we love his outfits. I'm like, do you? they are pretty awesome, right? Lucas had always been kind of a uh, a sweatpants kind of kid, you know, just because he gets messy. You know, so he put him in sweatpants. He put him in like these little ill-fitting t-shirts, which to be frank with you, with the amount of cookies this kid was eating before, and now I'm trying to get him to eat, even eat better. Uh, almost every t-shirt was ill-fitting. But I went out, I bought him jeans. I bought him distress jeans, little tears in them and stuff. I bought him a cardigan that he hasn't worn yet. Just him up really cool, he looks really cool. Uh, so I get to do that as well, I get to, to focus on it. So that's the part of it that isn't sad, is that when they are here, I feel like the time I spend with them is like light years beyond what I was spending with them before. It's better, it's more exciting, especially during COVID, man, because everything's closed down during COVID. Before COVID, I take them out, we go out, we do this, we do that, now we can't really do much. So if we're stuck in the house, I want it to be fun. I want to do good stuff. You know, I've had a a film projector for years, and in the old house, that film projector just lived in a, in a cupboard, never used. It. I even have a a screen somewhere. I don't even know where the screen is, but I just have the projector right now. And this projector is pretty awesome. You can hook up a a Chromecast to it. You could hook up anything that has HDMI. I can hook up right into the projector. Now, in the new house, everything is filled up except for one area of, I guess, the dining room. We have the, the kitchen nook in the, in the corner of it, but the, the room is pretty big. And I don't have a dining room table, and there's a big empty wall. And Olivia's begged me not to get a table. She's like, don't get a table. But she likes bouncing a ball against it, and she can run around and go kind of nuts. But I was able to take like the projector and put it on the kitchen table. And we ate dinner last night, and we watched um, you know, Discovery Plus on the wall. And we got to watch like a gigantic movie screen style viewing of a TV show. And that's something that I just wasn't doing before. And now I am. So that's the happy ending. And that's the thing that I want to be the takeaway of all this. I'm not, when I say I'm not sad, it's such a loaded statement because I I am at times sad. I'm sad when I don't have them. I'm sad when I miss them. But overall, I'm happier. By a mile, I'm happier. I'm happier because I know that I appreciate my time with them more. And I know that they get more out of their time with me. You know, nobody's calling me up crying. Why are you here? That's not happening. But when they are here, it's, we don't really miss a beat. We're cool. So it's been exciting. But yeah, I got to tell you, man, my kids breathe life into this house in a way that I can't, I don't. When I'm here, this house is just kind of chill. You know, I think the time period in between when they're here and when they're not is the, is the time to to do the sheets and do the laundry and clean everything up. And by the time they come back, it's almost like when you go back to a, a hotel the next morning and they, they've turned your beds down and put chocolates on it. That's what it feels like, I guess, for them, because they come back to fresh sheets and fresh everything. It's exciting. It's a good thing. So uh, so yeah, so thank you for allowing me to tell you guys that. It's a, I've been wanting to say this for a while, between the internal clock and between the, the house coming to life, but it's it's so hard to write those things out sometimes without seeming like, you know, It's very similar to when I used to write about Lucas. I think I I told this story early on with the blog. One of the reasons I started the blog was so I could tell happy stories about Lucas because I would tell stories about Lucas that I thought were great. They were funny. They were cute. But for people who just focused on the fact that he didn't talk, every story was a sad story. I had a story about Lucas wanting a pretzel and I knew he didn't like pretzels and he saw me eating it and he stopped and he tapped his chest and I go, you don't like this pretzel. He tapped his chest and I go, I'm gonna give you this pretzel, but you don't like it. I'm eating this. You sure you want it? Double tap his chest. I hand him the pretzel. He took it. He stuck out his tiny tongue, put the pretzel on his tongue, made a face like, ugh, and he handed it back to me and walked away. And I'm like, God damn. And I thought that was the funniest story. I thought it was the whole thing. And if, I, and if I tell it to you, if you were standing in front of me and I was acting it out, it's a funny story. But sometimes I would tell people that story and they would go, oh, it was almost like, oh, he doesn't understand anything. And I'm like, no, this isn't a sad story. And it was always so hard to explain that. And I feel like that's similar to trying to, to explain things about the house and explain things about, you know, the time I'm spending with my kids now, because I think some people are fixated on the divorce aspect. Some people are fixated on the, on the loss aspect. And it's not to say that there isn't sad parts of the story. You know, it's multifaceted, you know, different things have, have many different arms and chambers, however you want to put it. There's many different ways to look at a thing. And with this story, I guess, if if you want to look at it in a sad way, it's possible to see it in a sad way. But for me experiencing it, I got to tell you, it's overwhelmingly positive. It helps me appreciate the kids. It helps me show them uh, the type of care that I want allows me to make decisions about them from what they eat to what they wear to how they act. I get to do that. I don't have to clear that with anybody. You know, I mean, I can't go nuts. <laughs> I, can't come, I can't come back with a, with a mohawk and a tattoo like a, you know, put, put a little black teardrop under Olivia's eye and be like, what? I'm her dad. No, I'm not doing that. But I'm saying like, I get to make the decisions about like, you can't have this. You can't have this. This is in my house. This isn't in my house. You have to do that. I get to make those decisions. And to me, that's the positive and that's the good thing. And that's exciting and. uh and yeah and that's why I'm smiling today with with this kid running around with Sesame Street running in the background it's, it's good to have him back and it's good to be a part of this and thank you guys for letting me share that with you uh, I'm glad I could do that let's talk a little bit about are you in here? come here yeah come here I'm gonna bring Lucas over maybe you guys can hear. come here come come here am I'm I I'm gonna get a copyright strike for playing Sesame Street you wanna sit on my lap? come here we're gonna talk here come on come on the come on the podcast with me don't knock anything over hey Hey, can you say hi? Say something. Say hi. No, say blah. No? Okay. <laughs> he's waving to you. If you guys could see him, he's waving. Uh, I love it. I love I love being a dad. Let's talk a little bit about my my blogs this week. because I think both of them kind of uh, work within what I'm talking about now. I'll actually start with Wednesday first as opposed to Monday. Wednesday was about my children coming first and how my children are the most important things to me and it was really important for me to write it's topical it's all this other stuff but it's about how above everything my kids you know mean everything to me they are the reasons i do everything i said they're they're the ones i buy 90% of the groceries for and that's true i buy stuff for this house i'm like i don't need any of this stuff i've, I've long had this belief of you know kid food is kid food So if my kids eat, let's say pirate booty, I don't eat pirate booty. If my kids eat chicken nuggets, well, I don't eat meat, but like I I wouldn't eat the things that they eat because I want them to have it. I want it to be in the house. I also have issues with eating where I don't eat as much as I should. So I feel like in terms of food, if I didn't have kids, my grocery budget would be like nothing. So a lot of the stuff I do is for my kids and decisions I've made, people I've had to send away, situations I've had to handle differently than I would if I was single, I do for them. And I do it with a smile on my face. You know, we've all seen those movies where like a parent has to make a decision for their kid and, you know, they, they, they do something to themselves so that their kid doesn't have to experience something bad. And a lot of people who watch movies like that, if you don't have kids, you think it's like this, this way that the movie is trying to tell you that the kid means something to the parent. You're like, eh, that's not really believable. But once you have kids, it is believable. I do anything for these kids. I put them above everything. And um, Sometimes it helps to say it out loud. Sometimes it helps to put it in writing, and sometimes it helps to remind people of that. a lot of decisions I've made in my life have been for them, and some of them might not even seem fair. I think a lot of us who have kids know that to our friends who don't really get it if they if they hear some of the things we do, they well you got you got to be happy too You're like yeah, but no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so a lot of the stuff I do is for Olivia. It's for Lucas. It's things that make life harder for me. I've talked, Lucas had an issue a couple of years ago where they actually cut his schooling in half for the day. They cut his day down. And I remember when they proposed it to me because he was falling asleep. He wasn't really handling things well in school. We thought it would be the best way to, to get him the proper instruction that he needed. So we got him at home instruction. They said, well, he falls asleep a lot. Maybe, maybe what we could do, we can have him you know, go to school until like maybe like 12 or 1, send him home. And then the second half of the day, he could do stuff at home. And I'm like, all right. It was like immediate. They're so like, you sure? I, we know it's kind of hard. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even like I didn't have to move anything around. I worked from home. I did it. My day was rough. It was hard to do, but I did it because my son needed me to do it. So I did. Uh, and that's kind of like how life just works in general. So like if Olivia turned to me tomorrow and asked me never to wear, you know, a purple shirt again, I would never wear a purple shirt again. Just certain things you just do for your kids. And I think uh, that's how I live. That's how the people that I care most about live their lives as well, and hopefully understand. And if you're one of those people who doesn't understand, well, then you know, there's nothing I could do. I could just <laughs> direct you to the link, read the blog, and you'll get it, because uh, that's where I'm coming from. On Monday, I wrote about Olivia, who is, it's hard to write about Olivia. She's 12. So I always struggle with not wanting to embarrass her. I struggle with not wanting to, you know, put pictures on there unless I clear it with her, and there's a lot of that too. I'm, I'm texting her pictures all the time. I'm like, I'm gonna use this tomorrow, Okay. She'll write back, ew. I'm like, all right, I guess I can't use that one. Or she'll write back, okay. If I get an okay, I'm excited. I'm happy. On Monday, I wrote about something that she had done during her last visit when she was here. And it was, I was putting Lucas to bed, but it wasn't a struggle. It wasn't a bad bedtime. It wasn't a crying, whining fit. It was just me and him laying in bed. I love his bed. I picked out his bed. I picked out the mattress. It is comfortable as hell. We were watching uh, Rafi just laying there. And she walked into the room and she went out. And I was like, I'm like, I'm putting him to bed. I can't. She's like, out. I'm like, oh, me? You want me to go? And I left and she sat with him and he fell right to sleep. And she came into my room within minutes. She walks in, she goes, easy. And I'm like, wait, he's asleep? She's like, yeah, told you, easy. I'm like, okay. I was so proud of her because she didn't have to do that. I didn't make her come in and put him to bed. I didn't bribe her or say it was a chore you know, you want to earn some money? Put your brother to bed. I didn't do that. I didn't tell her it was her responsibility. I didn't tell her, you know, we, we had him so you'd have a little brother. Like, I didn't do any of that stuff. She loves him. And it makes me so happy that she loves him. He's not, I don't want him to be her burden. And that was actually the name of the, the blog. It was called Her Brother, Not Her Burden. I don't want her to ever see him as a burden. She might see him as a responsibility one day. She might see him as you know, somebody that she has to take care of. And Lucas might require care for the rest of his life. I mean, let's, let's be honest. And I've had this conversation with professionals. I've had this conversation with teachers and experts. There's a, there's a lot of things that as Lucas's dad. I have to prepare for, and I have to ready myself for. You know, and that's not being pessimistic. I've written blogs about this before, too. I think sometimes somebody in my position, they think, well, if I admit to those things, it's like I'm giving up. And it's not. You have to prepare for everything. Because if you don't, you don't, you know, you just do your kid a disservice. And I don't want to do that. So I know that one day she might have to take care of him. But I never want her to see it as something that supersedes his role as her brother who she loves. Hey, what's up? behind me uh she loves him she takes care of him uh and she does it out of love and she does it out of affection and i gotta tell you when she does it it, there's nothing that makes me proud of her than i am in those moments and that was a moment that we had and at the end of the day i was really proud of her that was good and for all the talk about terrible 12s and how rough she could be there are times like that where she's just mind-blowingly awesome just mind-blowingly awesome very proud of her And that was on Monday. So, yeah, if you had a chance, check out the blog. It's highblogomdad.com. I'm there Monday. I'm there Wednesday. I'm here on Friday with the podcast. Also, I alluded to it earlier. I'm telling you guys now. You guys know I write for Baby Gaga, which is a a division of Valnet Media, Uh, the same site they do, like Screen Rant, things like that. But I just started this week on The Richest, which is a site that I'm actually familiar with, having done things in the wrestling community i was really excited they brought me on board for that too so i do have an author bio there as well uh it's at the richest i'm gonna have the link here in the podcast description it's also available in my bio on hiblogomdad.com. uh mr screamer come here do you want to help say goodbye come here sit up up. come here he's laying on on the bed right next to me say all right just smile and wave uh but that i love this kid that does it for me guys until next time this is james gutman saying be well. Bye pod. I'm dad.